Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is a Smart Passive Income podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 18. Watch out now. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, his favorite movie of all time is Back to the Future, Pat Flynn. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to the 18th session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Again, my name is Pat Flynn. Thank you so much for joining me today and spending a little bit of time out of your day with me here on the podcast. I love you for that. Thank you so much. Uh, I just received uh, my 100th five-star rating on iTunes, so thank you so much for that. I really, really appreciate all the kind words and all the great feedback for the podcast, especially for the last three podcasts, which was a three-part series on the different types of passive income. So if you're in, if you, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, maybe you found me on iTunes or someone referred you to it, I definitely recommend you go check out episode number 15 uh, which which will kind of walk you through the entire process of how I got started in business and stuff. But today, I have a special guest for you. And actually, before I get to that, I want to apologize for my voice. It might sound a little different from the other podcasts. I'm sick. Actually, I got uh, my wife was sick two weeks ago. Then my son was sick last week, and now I'm sick. So I guess you know that's how it goes down in the, in in the families when we're all at home together. It just passes from one person to another. But I'm feeling okay. Just the voice is a little weird. I've been coughing a lot, but. I'm happy to be here on the podcast, and uh, again, this is a pre-recorded interview uh, I have to share with you, which uh, so my voice will be a little bit better on the interview. So actually, I was referred to my guest today by a Smart Passive Income reader who said I must check this guy out. He was like, but dude, Pat, you got to check this guy out. He's awesome. He's everything that you talk about. Uh, He's a successful entrepreneur. He's an author who shares many of the same views as you. Uh, in life and in business, um, and, he, and he has passive income. He, he has a lot of it. So I was like, okay, I'll check this guy out. So when I checked him out for the first time, actually his first imp- the first impression I got, and to be honest, I was, a, I was actually really hesitant and confused uh, about why I was referred to this person because he talks about things like becoming a millionaire, getting rich quick, the fast lane. And, and these are things that you know, are kind of warning signs in our heads as to you know, get rich quick, schemes and things that aren't real, things that are fake, 
Uh, because if you know me, I talk a lot about how there's really no easy button and that succeeding online and succeeding in life does take a lot of hard work. It takes time. But after reading more into his story and actually picking up his book and literally not being able to put it down, I learned that my initial assumptions about him were totally 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 incorrect and to sum it up for you uh, about why he uses those terms i mean there is actually you know he's he's proven to me that there is actually such a thing as getting rich quick but before you close this podcast down i'm speaking in a relative sense in the sense that typically most of us work to be rich when we retire at 65 when a lot of life has already passed us by you hear more and more now however that you know, these successful people that are coming about, they're millionaires and billionaires who aren't even 40 or even 30 yet. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, he, I mean, he's 26 or 27 and, and he's a millionaire already. I mean, that's pretty darn quick uh, as far as that's concerned. So his, his his kind of philosophy is, you know, there is such thing as get rich quick and you want to be in that fast lane, that kind of path to get rich quick. But he makes a huge point that there's a difference between getting rich quick and getting rich easy, and that there is no such thing as getting rich easy. I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg, you know, just didn't wake up one day and became a millionaire. Obviously, that did not happen. He worked hard in Harvard and, uh, you know, brought Facebook to life, uh, which took years. But there is no such thing as get rich easy. Now, when I think about my own story about how I was laid off, jobless, and now a little over two years later, I'm making six figures a year working from home, and I'm able to support my family with online income. I guess I am a perfect example of of someone who, you know, got rich fairly quick. I mean, two years making six figures is pretty darn quick. I mean, yes, it, it's pretty quick, but again, it's it it definitely wasn't easy. Like I worked my tail off to make this happen. Uh, and like this, like the tagline of the show says, uh, "Work hard now, reap the benefits later." but you know, later as in years, not decades when we're 65. So my guest today, his name is MJ DeMarco. He's also known as the Get Rich Slow Anti-Guru, and we'll talk more about uh, why he's called that later on. He has a website at themillionairefastlane.com, and he is, he's a self-made multimillionaire who's retired in his early 30s and shares his philosophies in his new book called The Millionaire Fastlane. So MJ, thank you so much for spending time with us on the podcast today. It's, it's really a pleasure to have you on the show. You bet, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So can you give us a little bit of background behind kind of how you got to where you're at today? You're a multimillionaire. You're an author. I mean, where were you before you became who you are? I mean, what happened and, and what did you do? Well, it really started when I was a teenager. I saw a uh, Lamborghini Countach, and I was nice. probably about 12 or 13 years old. And the guy that was driving the car was a young man. Uh, and by young man, I mean, uh, you know, mid-20s, maybe late-20s. And I had the courage to go up and ask him, you know, hey, what do you do? And my initial perception of it would be, well, he's going to be an actor. He's going to be a, a baseball player right. or something like that. And he said he was an inventor. And it totally violated uh, what I thought, you know, a rich young guy, you know, would be doing. Mm -hmm. And that kind of set me on the path to wanting to be an entrepreneur, really young uh kind of started making decisions that would foster a entrepreneurial career. Uh, 
at had a lot of failures, you know, was your typical, what I like to call a money chaser, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting into business to make money, looking for arbitrage opportunities, just, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be the type of guy that, you know, you go in the back of the magazine, there's a little classified ad there that says make millions. <laughs> eh, you know, I'd, I, I'd go send away for that kind of stuff. I joined network marketing companies. I really I just had a just long laundry list of failures and, you know, other types of mishaps, um, so mm. to speak. And during this time, I had a lot of dead-end jobs. Now, mind you, this went on for, for you know, years. Uh, you know, it was like, I'm like 25 or 26 now with the failures just mounting. And I had a lot of dead-end jobs from pizza delivery to uh, driving limousines to delivering flowers, just any low-rent job you could possibly ima- imagine, I had to do it. Mm-hmm. And one of those dead end jobs was a uh, limo driver, and that that job actually put me onto a need, or I spotted an opportunity when one of the uh, persons I was chauffeuring asked me if I, you know, do you know any companies in New York? And you know, I, I, no, I don't know any companies in New York. I don't have a New York yellow pages handy. <laughs> so that kind of set my eye on a need that needed to be filled in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So I ended up buying a domain name called limousinesonline.com, which set out to solve that problem. I wanted to give people or travelers or uh, partiers a a method to find limousine service whenever they wanted to. And I started that company with basically $900, uh, self-taught myself everything, whether it was database administration, uh, the coding, the graphic design. Mm-hmm. Ended up building that company up to a multi-million dollar valuation. Uh, sold it twice. I sold it once during the uh, the craziness dot com boom. I uh, ended up buying it back when that company went bankrupt. And then I ex- uh, grew the company exponentially during the uh, the bust that occurred later while all the companies were folding. I was actually was growing. Mm-hmm. And then again, I sold it again. Uh, in I think it was 2007, uh, and during all that time, I was able to cash flow the business anywhere from fifty, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a month. And when I say cash flow, I mean money that was profited that I was pretty much, you know, stashing away into my own, you know, little personal accounts. Not to mention uh, for when I sold it. Yeah, oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's my story in a nutshell. Uh, you know, four years ago when I sold it, or I don't know, it was three years ago, I retired, uh, did everything that I couldn't do. You know, played a lot of video games, traveled, and mm-hmm. and then I wrote this book because they say if there's a book you've always wanted to read and it hasn't been written, you need to write it. Right, right. So this is what I wrote, and the book is really long because I wanted to write everything I wanted to say. And I wasn't sure if there was another book in me because that wasn't really the purpose. The purpose wasn't to go out and be a guru or uh, to become some, you know, big name author or anything like that. It was just to get this off my chest. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love the book. Thank you for spending the time to, to write it. I mean, it, it really connects with me. Um, I really love how you use the kind of car analogy with it. And we'll get into mm-hmm. that in a second because you talk about something called the sidewalk and the slow lane and then the fast lane. Uh, which which a lot of people can connect with. I know when I went through P90X, which is a home uh, extreme home fitness program, they talked mm-hmm. about the food you eat as kind of like fuel for your car. So when that when I yes. heard that, 
you know, I was like, okay, I, I, I get the idea now. I got to eat healthy because I want to live better. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, and you do a lot of similar things here in the book talking about, you know, got to change your oil and, and the headwinds and stuff like that. So uh, we'll get into that later in the interview, but it's really clever. I love how it's done. It's very easy to connect with, super fast read. Um, how long after you, uh, you know, kind of got that idea in your head to, to create Limousine Online, uh, the, your, your business, how long t- did it take from that idea to, you know, actually getting to a point where it was making millions a year? Uh, probably. Well, first of all, it, the, the company started as limousinesonline.com. I went out and bought limos.com in the secondary market. A lot of people don't know that. When I say I was the CEO and founder of limos.com, they think, oh, well, yeah, well, he's lucky. He picked it up for $19 on GoDaddy. <laughs> no, no, I had to go buy that in the secondary market. And this was during uh, the late 90s when, you know, business.com sells for $5 million and just crazy, yeah, crazy valuations. So, but it took me years uh, to get to that point. And that's one of the things I mentioned in my book is a lot of people don't want to invest the years. They just want to invest a week. Mm-hmm. And that's when you miss out on the uh, exponential growth curve because that's where all the people usually end up quitting. Right. I, but, I, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I talk about that all the time on my blog, how, uh, you know, it, it does take work and, uh, you know, a lot of people get into starting a website or a blogger business and then mm-hmm. results don't happen right away and they just quit. Well, that's the whole thing is, is, is building a company and experiencing an exponential growth curve, because if you have exponential growth, that's going to equate to exponential wealth. And to do that, that's a long process. And that's that process is actually, it could be good or bad, depending on how you look at it, because the, the good is it weeds out all the week. Right. And, and the bad is, well, you have to be patient. You have to be disciplined. You have to stick to it. And yes, you're going to fail all across the way. But what I like to do is I let the market direct where I want to go. I don't, you know, I, I'm one of these people that thinks business plans are useless. It's because... The marketplace is going to determine, I think that determines the directions you should be going. So I always let the market direct me. And I think that's what allowed me to experience that kind of growth because I li- I listened to the market and then I adjusted accordingly. Right. I, I mean, I remember reading a rework by the guys from 37 Signals that one of their chapters is how uh, the business plan is just a bunch of, I mean, it's it's totally worthless. It's pretty much mm-hmm. just a, an estimate or a guess. And yeah, I, I see business plans are ideas on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bunch of numbers that look fancy that. Yeah, and PowerPoints and, you know, well, we all can do that in high school and college. It's the execution that's ultimately going to matter. And once you execute, the, the marketplace is going to immediately invalidate whatever you wrote. Right, right. All right. So, I mean, they call you the get rich slowly anti-guru, the anti-guru of get rich slowly. And this is this was crazy for me because when I started getting into online business and started making a little bit of money, I was really into uh, there's a website out there uh, by J.D. Roth. I love the guy. He writes good stuff um, at getrichslowly.org. dot um, he, he talks about, you know, saving money for the long term, how, you know, ten dollars invested now can turn into millions later on. Um, you, you know, what, what, why are you the anti-guru of, of that? Like, what, what do you, what are your feelings on that? Well, I, I have no, I have no problem with saving money. I mean, that's how I was able to retire 30 years early. I saved money. So I have no, I have no, I have no problems with that. I have a problem with the, 
the preordained plan to wealth that we have we have been indoctrinated to follow. And I think it's an insane financial plan plan with your life's fuel, your time traded as the barter. And when I say get rich slow, I'm talking about go to school, get a job, save 10% of your paycheck, live mindlessly frugal for 40 years, which means, you know, you got to stop drinking the Starbucks. You can't take the four week vacation. You can't buy the new, the new car. It's just an insane uh, lifetime subscription to mediocrity. And what's the dividends of that plan? Well, you know, when you're 65 or 70 years old, you're going to be rich. Well, great. I don't want to be the richest guy in the retirement home. I want, <laughs> I want to be wealthy young so I can enjoy it. I want to be a millionaire young so I can enjoy it. And that plan, the get rich slow plan, is a what I call a you trade your today for the promise of a freer tomorrow. And it, for it to pay off, you're going to have to be alive after 40 years. And there's no guarantees with that. Yeah, that's very and true. It's just, it's hope and time is what I like to say that plan is predicated on. You know, you got to hope you have a job. You got to hope the markets return money. And I seriously, I laugh when people say, oh, you know, I'm going to stop drinking Starbucks. Really? You think that's going to make you rich? Stop drinking Starbucks? It's, it's funny. <laughs> I love my Starbucks. <laughs> Well, you shouldn't cut it out. I mean, if you enjoy it. Exactly. Um, but okay, so so I, I can see exactly why that's not the, the plan that we should be doing. I mean, we were wasting a lot of our lives, you know, trading five days for for a weekend, uh, basically. And uh, you break down people's views on wealth into to three categories, the sidewalk, the slow lane, and the fast lane. Obviously, the fast lane is where we want to be. Can you kind of explain, uh, kind of break... Uh, those three categories down for us really quick? Sure. The sidewalk is, uh, I would say the majority of Americans or uh, just people in general that live in uh, democratic societies. And that's, you live basically one something from broke. And it could be one paycheck from broke. It could be one album failure from broke. It could be one big uh, baseball contract from broke. It's always one something from broke. And it's, it, it is that way because for a sidewalker, wealth is defined by their income and mm -hmm. credit or debt. Right. So these people, this is why you hear when an athlete, you know, removed three years from the public spotlight, then ultimately go broke. And it's because they're on the sidewalk. Their wealth is predicated on their income. And then when the income stops, they're bankrupt. That's because this is what I was telling you earlier is there's nothing wrong with saving. Yes, you have to save. So the, the common theme of the sidewalkers, whatever you're making, you go spend it. Right. I like to say that financial discipline is blind to income. It really doesn't care what you make. Because if you're making $200,000 a month, you can't be going out spending $250,000 a month. It's, I like to say the scenery is different, but the problems are the same. <laughs> you know, the, the, the one sidewalker is going to be complaining about his $900 mortgage. The other sidewalker complains about his $9,000 mortgage. Right. So the slow lane is the get rich slow uh, kind of scenario I described earlier. It's the old sacrifice you today for the promise of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Hope that you'll be alive after 40 years. It introduces discipline into the equation because, you know, to be a slow laner, you have to save your paycheck. You have to cut out the Starbucks. You have to, you know, it has some discipline in there. So that's, that's, that's a good thing. Right. 
But the problem with that plan, again, is it's based on hope and time. You have to hope that the stock market is kind. You have to hope that you're alive. You have to hope that you have a job. You can have to hope you get a job. I mean, it's predicated on hope and time. The fast lane swaps out the hope and time for control and leverage. And when I say leverage, I know that might scare some people, but it has nothing to do with risky real estate loans or, or business debt. By leverage, I mean leveraged business assets. And that's a business that can scale to the masses. And when I say masses, I don't mean it has to be like a Facebook. It could be a niche, you know, that that scales to the masses mm -hmm. that can be that can experience exponential growth because exponential growth is what creates exponential wealth and a good example is your own um is your own website i mean you built a leveraged business asset there you have a significant following and that presents an asset to you that you can leverage or monetize in several different ways so that's the fast lane is control and leverage where the slow lane is hope and time and the sidewalk is pretty much nothing having no plan right so i mean is the is getting into the fast lane all about internet business is that where is that where it's at no absolutely not i mean you, you hear stories inventors is the inventing road uh fast lane road was always on my radar because that's what that guy said right but when the internet came along i saw the same potential uh in scale one of the commandments of the, there's five commandments to the fast lane, and one of them is scale. And scale is how many people can you can you affect? How many people's lives can you affect with your product or service? I mean, it could be a little story you start that you ultimately franchise around the country. It could be an invention. It could be an application. Uh, it could be software. Ultimately, the variable is how how much scale does this product or service have? How much can I deliver it to people? Uh, a book, that's another example. You know how many book authors are multimillionaires? Well, because they have a scalable asset that they can sell. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much, it's not just the internet. There's all different kinds of uh, avenues that someone can take to reach a fast lane. So, I mean, uh, okay, that, I mean, I, that, that, I, I see exactly what, what that is. But, um, I mean, for, for people who are stuck in their nine to five jobs. I mean, I don't have a nine to five job and I can work on my business at home, my blog and, and all the people that are following me and my assets with that. But I mean, I mean, I know a lot of people listening to this podcast right now, they're stuck or they feel stuck in their nine to five jobs. And then, and they, they just, I know they would say they don't have the time to, you know, invent something or do an internet business or, uh, you know, open up a store and franchise it. Uh, you know, what, what advice would you give to these people? Well, first you have to analyze why don't you have time? Mm -hmm. Is it because they have have you fallen into the slow lane trap? That's what I call it, a slow lane trap. And it keeps you amenable to that plan. It's lifestyle servitude. You don't have time probably because you need a job. You got the big house, you got the big mortgage, you got the big cars. Uh, so that keeps you trapped. That keeps you amenable to the plan. My advice is first to recognize why why don't you have time? And that always boils down to choices. People that say they don't have time usually end up on the couch at 8 o'clock at night watching American Idol. Mm -hmm. or, or, or they're on some celebrity gossip blog commenting on Justin Bieber's hair. I, I, I think I don't have time really I think is a poor excuse for just not being committed versus being just interested. Everyone is interested in being wealthy and having financial security. Mm -hmm. But very few are committed. 
And that's where the winners are going to be found. I mean, I remember when I was starting my business, I was regurgitating code in my studio apartment, and I can hear the happy hour in the bar on Friday night across the street. You know how bad I wanted to go across the street and right. drink beer with my buddies? No, I stayed there because I was committed. I wasn't just interested. I was committed. So my advice to them is recognize why don't, why don't you have time? Do you really not have, don't have time or is it something else? And the other thing is to get on a road that can blaze a trail to Fastlane and start working it. Forget the business plan, forget the excuses, and start taking action to put something out to the marketplace, work on something that can be put out there so the market can tell you just how great it is or how, or how much it sucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because the marketplace, I believe, believe me, once someone says, oh, I love what you're doing here, or I love your product, or I love your blog, or I love your whatever, motivation to find time will go up. Very and true. All, and all those other distractions suddenly won't seem so appealing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it really just comes down to choice, like you were saying. And I know you have a whole chapter in your book about choice mm-hmm. and how that's pretty much the underlying factor behind everything. And uh, how do people make those those choices? I mean, there's it's it's... It's tough because we're kind of in a society where choices are kind of kind of predetermined for us. Uh, yeah, like I know the part in your book where you were talking about how you know we'll we'll wait in line for three hours for a six dollar bucket of chicken you know, <laughs> when that yeah. doesn't really make sense, or you know that reminds me of Black Friday. And even I wanted to do this; I wanted to to stay overnight to save forty bucks on a on a washer and dryer. But, uh, you know, and then now we're talking about time and the importance of time and what, what really, I guess, choice and in, in the value or what choice and what we really value is, is what it really comes down to. Yeah. I mean, well, wow, Pat, those are two loaded topics, choice and time. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm just all over the place here. <laughs> no, I mean, I can talk forever on both of those things. I mean, time is our, in the book, I say time is our gas tank. That's, that's the fuel of our life. And it is our most precious resource and yet we are told to give up five days a week for two free days it's to me it's insane and i think it's also insane that people will waste time uh just to save a few dollars and i wonder i mean if you had two weeks left to live are you going to be outside you know best buy you know sleeping in a a sleeping bag waiting to get an hd tv Right. I mean, what is the threshold that, that you're going to say, you know what, my time is more valuable than this. And that's why this, I don't like the slow laner to get rich slow is because it leverages, it mortgages our most precious resource, which is time. And the fast lane is about leveraging time to your, to your advantage, to make it an asset where your business system can surrogate for your time, which means you know, you can be on vacation for three weeks and you're still making money. I mean, I know you're experiencing this, Pat. You can wake up in the morning and say, hey, I'm not working today, but you're still going to make money because you are leveraged into that fast lane equation. Yeah. Uh, this past weekend, I was out um, having a staycation here in San Diego. My wife and I celebrated our two-year anniversary. So, oh, we, oh, thank you. Uh, so we just went downtown because we have a one-year-old, so we didn't want to go too far. So we, we left him at grandma's and we took a vacation downtown we had a dinner cruise stayed at the hard rock you know i didn't work for about 36 hours got home i saw in my inbox that had made enough money plus more to cover the entire weekend ah isn't that heaven (laughs) it's amazing i mean it's it's truly amazing and and uh it's just we live in a world today where that's very possible and i'm I'm living it and i'm trying to share that with people i know you're trying to do the same thing so 
And what you have to understand is people have to realize that you didn't get there overnight. No, I and it's hard to because it's it's hard, especially in my blog, because people come and they 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 see a tweet about my income report, and that's the first thing they see, and then mm -hmm. they immediately think, oh, well, this guy, you know, it, it made it happen overnight. Um, and that kind of goes along with what you say that you know it, it didn't happen overnight, but it it did happen within two years since I yes. started doing this. So uh, there is a get rich quick, just Absolutely. not a get rich easy. I love that. Part of the book. That absolutely and that is and that is one of the problems i'm having in promoting my book is because people are going oh it's the get rich quick ah. <laughs> I, I you know I, I only can laugh when i hear that i mean i was at a car show the other day and i put my books out in my car when when i'm at a car show and mm. some guy comes by he goes he points in the car he goes oh it's a get rich quick he's selling a get rich quick book and he's looking in a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar car i'm like well it must have worked, right? <laughs> I know. I mean, but how geez. old am I, right? Not... Yeah, I mean, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg is the is the youngest billionaire on the planet. I think he's the youngest. Um, well, he, obviously, he got yeah. rich quick. I mean, these stories are out there. And when I say quick, I don't mean you know in two weeks. I mean in a year, six months, two years, five years. For me, it took longer. It took you know five or six years. But that's out there. That exists, and we see it all the time. When you know, a, a guy invents some kind of, you know, iPad application. And he sells 100,000 of them on iTunes. I mean, these mm -hmm. stories are littered everywhere on the Internet if you just look for them. What doesn't exist is to get rich easy. And that's where people are going to fall off the cliff because they think it's easy. They think, oh, you know, I'm going to download WordPress and then I'm going to be making millions. <laughs> so there's that distinction. I think people, once they understand it, you know, they have a better opportunity of not falling into the easy part of it and understanding that it's going to be a process. Mm -hmm. It's going to take you months, maybe years. Right, exactly. I uh, we definitely have to set that expectation up front um, that it, you know, it doesn't take two weeks. It takes a little bit longer than that. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite parts of your book, again, you know, there's just so many good, so much good stuff in here, but you talk about the law of affection, the law of affection, and, and this goes along with some stuff I want to talk about as far as when you actually do come up with a business idea or something to do to get in that fast lane, how do you maximize your efforts or how do you really accelerate your wealth? Uh, can you talk about the law of affection really quick? We touched on it briefly, but... Sure. The, the law of affection is, it, it basically states the more lives, the more lives you affect in an entity you control either in scale or magnitude, the more money you will make. And it is a function of one of the commandments of the fast lane, which is, again, scale. Mm -hmm. For example, it, it, there are so many businesses out there that have no law of affection. They have no scale, which means they're never going to make the owners any kind of wealth because it, it essentially masquerades as a job. You know, the example I, I, I the example I give is the personal trainer. Personal trainer gets involved in personal training because it's he loves doing it. Some guru says, do what you love. So he goes off and starts a personal training business. Well, I can tell you right now, there is nothing that guy can do to service 10,000 people in one day. It, it's a, it's a, in effect a trade of time. Mm -hmm. 
that's because there's there's limits there. It's like a speed limit. And this person is incarcerated onto a racetrack with a speed limit. It's, it's going to incarcerate their wealth. The law of affection says you need to get out onto a playing field, a home run playing field, where you can scale and reach the masses and affect millions. The more lives you affect, the more money you will make. If you make, if you impact a life, the lives of a million people, and I don't care what what it is, just a million people, you will be a millionaire. That's essentially what it is. It's impact millions to make millions. Mm. And back to the uh, personal trainer idea. You know, it's how a lot of personal trainers, uh, you know, who's the most famous personal trainer who's now a multimillionaire? Uh, Tony Horton. Tony Horton. Nice. Well, do you, do you, how did you get there? Did he get there because he was training some guy in his basement? Or did he get there because he got on infomercial, right. <laughs> started selling a product. And then mind you, the product works. It wasn't some scam just to get out there and make money. I want to make money. No, he had a product that he was passionate about, that he believed in, and that he sold millions of them. And now, well, what happens? You have get rich quick. Yeah, he put himself in the, in the position to reach many uh, and when I was one of those people, and I don't know if you've seen the blog post where actually uh, I talk about my journey with P90X. I actually post pictures of myself mm-hmm. and kind of the, the transformation, and it's it works. And, Absolutely. And now I'm I'm sharing that with my blog and the you know twenty thousand followers, and they're you know mm-hmm. I, I've I've spoken with a lot of people who have done it because of me and who are now in fit shapes and uh, who are doing well and spreading it. So. And, and that's and that's another thing your, your your listeners probably want to hear is you have become a disciple of the product, yeah. And I'm on this call with you right now because probably someone told you about it. Yep. I think um, it was uh, Adrian, a guy uh, who reads it, my blog. He just emailed me and said, "Dude, you got to check this guy out." Exactly. So he's become a disciple, meaning I didn't have to pay for that. I didn't have to spend money to reach you. I didn't have to force feed you some kind of marketing spiel. No, it was the product. You became a disciple of the product because you believed in it and provided value to to uh, to your life. And that's what creates the exponential growth is having a product centered business that provides value versus you know, I was reading something on your blog post today about money chasing. You know, I'm just want to make money. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck to you, buddy. <laughs> I have a feeling he's not going to be very successful, right? Because it's just the wrong foundation. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta affect many and um, just just help as many people as possible. That that's my philosophy, at least, and that's why I give away a lot of free information on my blog. And now people are coming to me and they're saying, "Dude, when are you coming out with a product or when are you coming out with a membership website?" I have my credit card ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really amazing, but of course I you know it's hard because it's very tempting to just put some crappy product out there just to to get to receive that money. But I really mm-hmm. want it to be something awesome, so that you know, like you said, these people do become disciples or affi- they become affiliates who then spread the word, and it just keeps growing, growing, and yep. uh, because it's a good product. Hopefully, when I create it, uh, which I'm actually in the middle of right now, um, uh, the product will speak for itself. And uh, absolutely. You're you're a fast laner. You don't need my help. <laughs> well, sometimes I have to get grounded. You know, I I, uh, I I I do a lot of the things that you say are kind of what you shouldn't be doing, or or that are kind of the poor decisions. Like I I do. Well, I I do watch quite a bit of TV, and I know <laughs> I could. You know, uh, Dancing with the Stars is one of my favorite shows, and I you like I think you mentioned that specific show in your book, so I was like, oh, he's calling me out. 
Uh, well, I, listen, I got DVR, and I when I can't sleep, I got Family Guy on. I got, okay. I, I got Enterprise, Star Trek, all kinds of crazy stuff. But that's yeah. when, I, when I'm, I can't sleep. <laughs> uh, another part of your book that was I think is really important that I need to share with a lot of people is about the headwinds. In other words, you know, these are things in our lives that stop us from reaching our goals, hurdles, or things that just you know brick walls. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of people I know can relate to this because people have emailed me saying, you know, their family or their friends or kind of the situation in, that they're in that, you know, the things aren't just supportive of the decision to do business online or, or start something on their own, which obviously makes it very difficult. Uh, you know, how do you how do you counter that? Well, how do you counter it is I just don't have these people in my life. I mean like I said, it's a headwind. It's like towing a, a, a trailer of wet manure. I mean, you don't need it in your life. Mm -hmm. If someone's not empowering you to be the best person you can be, why do you want to be friends with them? I mean, I'm not saying you need to align with people that are going to be yes, man, right. but you need to be with people that are going to uh, challenge you to grow and be better. The people that are understand your goals. You know, if you're with people that are, Pure slowliners are just like, oh, you know, why are you doing that? That doesn't work. I mean, when, you, when you're going to do something that pretty much 99% of the world is foreign to them, you're going to experience headwinds. You're going to experience friction. Mm. And I like to align myself with people who have the same think big mentality. And they're hard to find, but they're out there. And with the internet, it makes it extraordinarily easy to find them. You got blogs like your, your, your blog. You got, I run a forum called the fastlaneforum.com. There's all kinds of people there that have the same mentality. Entrepreneur forums, uh, meetup groups at meetup.com. There's a whole bunch of yeah. groups there. I mean, you have to align yourself with people that are going to empower you. And I think the biggest travesty is marrying someone who is, who is like on your back and doesn't understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's a big problem. I've been very fortunate to have a very supportive uh, wife and family who who kind of you know when I got laid off and I I told them you know this is what mm -hmm. I want to do or this is what I think is going to work you know they're very supportive uh, which was which made it a lot easier because I know if if my wife was just like no uh, you know that I don't think this is going to work go get another job I probably would have gotten another job. And it, this this also falls back in that choice. You know, this is part of the decision making framework that we have. It's all about making, you know, good choices. Are, are you gonna Are you gonna align yourself with the guy that's you know six months out of prison and was convicted for uh, mail fraud? I mean, who who who's on your team? Who are your warriors that you're going to war with? Are they losers? Are they winners? Are they go getters? Are they people that are gonna make you? be a better person or make you into a worse person and mm -hmm. possibly lead you down a bad road. Right. So I, I have a couple more questions for you before we finish up, if, uh, if that's all right. Mm -hmm. uh, the first question is, okay, if, 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 if I'm totally brand new to this and, and I pick up your book and I'm like, okay, I got to get in the fast lane. Um, I want to do business online. How do you know what business to get into? Like, what what are your what? I mean, there's obviously a lot of things you could do, like keyword research or just you know. Are you the type of person that says just follow your passion and go with it, and and or are you looking for problems that need solutions? Uh, you're gonna get me in a rant here now. <laughs> okay, um, that's good. That's I, good. I, I I believe in following 
your passion as long as it's generic. And by generic, I mean like I wanted a Lamborghini. I need to have one. That's a passion. Or I, I want to start a charity or I want to pay my mother's mortgage off. Those are, those are passions that will motivate you. But the ultimate foundation for finding a business that's going to experience exponential growth lies in what I call the foundation. And the foundation is based on a fundamental need in the marketplace. And by need, I don't mean you have to invent something totally new or you have, you know, like the Segway or something like that. I mean by needs that are not being met properly, needs that have customer service deficiencies, needs are pain points, needs are inconveniences. And these needs are everywhere. I mean, there's not a day goes by when I don't see a need that could be filled. Mm -hmm. And an example to give you is I like to make salad. Every time I put a salad in the refrigerator, it lasts a day and a half. Well, I, you know, I say, oh, I, I hate this. I, so whenever you, you can find these opportunities by exposing them in language, and they usually are prefaced with code words, code words like I hate, or why do I have to, or this sucks, or this is frustrating. If you solve those problems, there's your, there's your opportunity. Most of the businesses, the successful businesses in the world have nothing to do with finding a grand new thing that has never been done with all of 6 billion people on planet Earth. No, it's been things that have already been done, but are being done now better. I mean, look at Google, Yahoo, Snap, AltaVista. These were search engines when Google came around. Mm -hmm. Google could have said, well, you know, they're already doing it. That needs already filled. Next. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's so many... Uh, the, the brewer, Sam Caglioni, he, you know, he could have said, well, Sam Adams is doing a good job. Uh, well, we don't want to start that. I mean, there's, there's always needs out there that can be filled for better opportunity. Right. Yeah, Facebook, another one. I mean, Friendster yeah. was around when that, when that started. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I know, I forgot where I read this, but I know the, the Segway was, was trying to be the you know, brand new thing that was never done before. And you know, how many mm -hmm. people are on the, do you see on the streets? on segways besides, you know, mall cops. Not very many. Right. Exactly. So that, 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 that I'm glad you brought that up. That's, that's really good. Yeah. I, I think, I think a lot of entrepreneurs get caught up in that or they think they need something brand new and it's not usually about brand new. I mean, when I started my limousine directory, limos.com, there was 12 other people doing it. 12. Mm -hmm. So obviously I wasn't the first one to market. I wasn't the first one with the novel ID idea. I just did it better because always comes down to execution within that idea, within that need. Right. So, so was your limousine directory, uh, it was like, were you making money through advertisements or, or getting limousine companies to pay to be listed on the directory? Or It actually started out as just a, a, a standard directory, you know, advertise here for, I don't remember, it was $100 a year, $90, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And then I changed it to a lead generation company, which, okay. bas which basically was... I'll send you a lead for someone that needs service in a particular city. You pay me for that lead. And I also had the customers or my uh, uh, limo companies, they could sign up for free, which I eliminated the risk proposition. I basically said, hey, if I don't send you anything, right. you're not going to pay anything. So that was how I established a, uh, a niche or a, a distinctive element was by eliminating the risk proposition for advertisers. Yeah, that's smart. Yep. Very cool. Well, congratulations on everything. 
uh, all of your success and and your your book. I encourage everyone out there to check it out. Uh, the fast, uh, the millionaire fast lane. I'll leave a link uh, in the show notes. I mean, lastly, I, I ask this question to most of my guests that come in the show, um, and it may be a little different for you since I know you're retired or semi-retired already. Uh, but you're obviously earning passive income now through your investments and, and all the wealth that you've accumulated. So what is working for you right now that people can, you know, uh, put into place in their lives? It could be a strategy or just a, some mindset or, or something that you would suggest. Well, well, what's working for me is pretty probably irrelevant for most people because I have a lot of money laying around that can be invested. Mm -hmm. Versus someone who's trying to grow it with, you know, maybe $5,000, okay. which, what, what, and also I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm not really retired anymore because this book has kind of dragged me out of that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what has always worked for me and what will always work for your listeners is you never stop learning. You never stop educating yourself. Education does not end at graduation. It starts. And what's working for me and what will work is something I will find out because I'm never, I'm never done learning. Mm. So what worked for me, you know, what worked for me in the last couple of years was investing heavily in the Australian dollar. Well, the Australian dollar is kind of topped right now. So I'm still learning. I'm seeking other investment opportunities. Right. So I, I recommend that people never stop learning, whether no matter what the discipline, it could be finances, it could be, business it could be marketing copywriting i have my nose in a book every single week and that's another reason why i'm i call myself an anti-guru because a guru it implies you know everything well i don't know everything and i will never admit i know everything and i think it's arrogant to assume you do know that mm. so my advice to them is to never stop learning and also, and I mentioned it earlier, is to take action. Forget about the damn business plan. Forget about the paralysis. All these books and learning is useless if you don't put it to action. Put something out to the market that people can touch, people can use and consume so they can say to you, you know, this is good, this is bad. It will give you a direction. It will give you some feedback. It's a feedback loop. If you don't have that feedback loop, what happens is a lot of people, they get stuck reading books and that's all they do. Yeah. So great advice. Thank you so much. Uh, MJ really appreciate it. Really appreciate your time on here. If someone wanted to go check out more of your stuff, uh, or find you online, where, where would you recommend they go? Uh, well, the book is on amazon.com, iBooks, Kindle, um, Barnes and Noble Nook. It's the millionaire fast lane by MJ DeMarco. I can be found at the fastlaneforum.com or fastlaneentrepreneurs.com, also Twitter and Facebook under the name MJ DeMarco. Awesome. I'll have links to all those in the show notes. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. I'm sure everyone else who's listening to this does as well. And uh, hopefully um, we can talk again soon. Thanks, Pat. I appreciate right. you having me. Thanks. Cheers. You bet. Bye. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with MJ DeMarco, author of The Millionaire Fastlane. You can also find him on the fastlaneforum.com. There's a huge community there of really like-minded folks who are looking to make it big online or just in business in general. A lot of entrepreneurs on there with great ideas, very helpful. A lot of great experience on that forum as well. So again, that's the fastlaneforum.com. Uh, and yeah, thank you guys for listening in. I'm going to try and get better and probably going to have some tea 
right now uh, since I've been talking for a little bit. But you know, before I go, I have to plug in my free ebook that you can get at ebooksthesmartway.com. Again, this is my killer guide to teach you how to write and automate and market an ebook that uh, you know. The, and it goes over my story and it sh- shares exactly how I got started in this business. So again, check that out at ebooksthesmartway.com. And you also get signed up for my newsletter as well, which is pure content. I don't sell anything on it. So look out for that. Thank you guys so much for all your support, all the reviews, all the comments, all the constructive criticism. I'm learning as I go, and you are making me a better person, and I'm here to do the same for you. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate it, and all the best to you, and here's to a healthy, profitable uh, week, month, year, what have you. Just, Just do well, take action, and execute. All right, guys. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.